Behold, a gateway to your own past, if you wish. Soviet leaders wanted arms agreements that recognized their nuclear parity with America. They also wanted American understanding in their quarrel with China. The Communist Party chief, Leonid Brezhnev, championed relaxation of Cold War tension with America, the policy that would be called detente. History is strange, it's alien, and it won't give us what we would like to have. The one day a week where we dive into history with Dave Bowman. Silverdale, Washington. You'll find him at thedavebowmanshow.com. And uh, there's a link to Dave Does History and his bibliography there as Dave joins us every Tuesday in this hour. And then kind of a continuation this week from last week. We were talking about Nixon going to China last week, and we've got more about that trip to learn as Dave Bowman joins us this morning. Hey, Dave, how are things in Silverdale? You sure you wouldn't rather hear me talk about free speech? Oh, I, I have heard you talk about free speech this week at thedaybowmanshow.com and enjoyed it very much. Um, and, and yeah, we could go on with that for an hour or 12, but I need to calm down. And I want to hear some history today, Ben. So, as you said, kind of a continuation of last week. On the night of March the 7th or March the 8th, it kind of depends on which side of the international dateline you happen to be sitting on. There was a giant sound in the central Pacific Ocean. Now, it had been a bad, bad year for submarines. 1968 was a very bad year. The USS Scorpion would be lost in under mysterious circumstances near the Azores Islands. The French would lose a submarine called the Minerve. Uh, they, she sank. Nobody knew where she went. She just disappeared. Uh, turned out she had sunk off uh, Toulon, France. And the Israelis had just bought a new submarine. They named it the, the Dakar. And it was on the way to Israel from France when it disappeared and nobody knew where it went. Now, the Dakar was discovered in 1999. They finally found her wreck. And the Minerve was located in 2019. The Scorpion was, of course, found within a few months of her loss in, in mid-1968. But really... The discovery of all of these submarines, these three lost submarines, didn't really solve any of the mysteries of what happened. They, they just sort of made the mysteries a little bit deeper. Now, this sound that happened tonight, 1968, turned out to be the loss of a fourth submarine that year. Nobody knew about it. Nobody talked about it for many, many years. The loss of the submarine, the Soviet submarine, K-129. And when she made that sound, it attracted the attention of the United States Navy, which had the SOSIS arrays underneath the, the ocean. And it was one of those sounds, Bill, that everybody knew it was man-made that could, that could see it or hear it. Everybody knew it was man-made, but it was in... How do I say this politely? A strange location. There shouldn't be anybody there. And they, you know, they triangulate this because they have different arrays at different locations in the ocean. And they can use the, the, the sound to triangulate where it occurred. And everybody was confused because there shouldn't be anything there. But the Navy thought, well, 
maybe it was something important, maybe it wasn't, we don't know. And when the Soviets, a few days later, began what was obviously a search for a lost submarine, somebody at the Navy said, oh wait, maybe that's what they're looking for? Question mark? Mm -hmm. And they decided that they'd better go look and see what it was. We'll tell you more about that in one minute. Dave Bowman with us. Dave does history on Bill Mick Live. So, Dave, we've got a submarine that apparently is missing, and now we're going to have Soviets and Americans looking for it in the same region. Region is that what I'm hearing? Oh no, no, nothing like that at all. The Soviets are obviously looking for a submarine that they can't contact, but they are nowhere near where this sound occurred. They are literally really? thousands. Of miles away from where it occurred. So we had better technology to pinpoint where it was. We had the technology. The Soviets didn't. Okay. We need to go see what's going on here because this is 1968. There's a lot of a lot of stress in the world. It's March. Johnson's still president. Vietnam is still escalating. The campaign for 1968 presidency is going on. Things are a little tense, Bill. And so the Navy says, how can we go look at this spot where we heard this sound without arousing any suspicion? They hit upon the idea of using the submarine, USS Halibut, which has an old Regulus missile submarine. She's nuclear-powered. And since Regulus is out of date, it's obsolete, they have retrofitted her as a spy submarine. Now, if you want to get a picture in your head, do you remember when Bob Ballard found the Titanic? He had mm -hmm. the big submarine, the Alvin, and then the, the they had these little things that went out on wires called Jason Jr., and they ran around inside the ship. Okay. All that technology was invented by the Navy, and it was invented by the Navy in the 1960s. Bob Ballard just improved it, and in fact, when he found the Titanic, that was the cover mission for when he was investigating two other submarine wrecks, the USS Thrusher and the USS Scorpion, using the same kind of technology just updated. So Halibut goes out to this spot where they heard the where they heard the noise, which is nowhere near where the Soviets are looking, by the way. And there they discover the wreck of the Soviet ballistic missile submarine K-129. Now the K-129 is on the bottom. She's in obvious uh, she's been crushed by by what is apparently an explosion and you know obvious damage from when she hit the bottom and that sort of thing and she's somewhere where she should not be that's the big question and to this day the united states navy and the official position of the united states government is that she was found 1500 miles northwest of oahu exactly on the 180th meridian, the international date line, around, I think it's around 130 north, uh, or not 130 north, that wouldn't be said, 30 degrees north, 180 west. So she's exactly on the international date line, and still not where the Russians are looking for her, but this is the official story of where she is found, on the bottom, in all of these pieces. Now. This is where we're going to delve into the idea that the official story, Bill, may not be true. 
There was Uh-oh. there was no George Soros back then. Well, I mean there was, but but the official story one has to assume is a cover story because what happens next is and and again in the context of 1968 1969 this is almost an act of war when you find an enemy's warship that they don't know where is and you start poking around it and perhaps how do i say this politely taking things that don't belong to you other mm-hmm. nations get upset we would they would it's one of the reasons why to this day there is still a russian ship over the ballistic missile submarine that sank off the bahamas in 1986 to keep other people from doing exactly what happened in 1968 and 69 the halibut is such a an advanced spy tool that according to inside sources dun 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 you know anonymous sources bill the navy took more than 15,000 high quality high definition pictures of the wreck of the K129 there is no part of the K129 the wreck that isn't photographed meaning that they use technology to go inside of it to take pictures inside as well you follow okay. me here? Mm-hmm. From an intelligence standpoint, this is gold. No now, doubt. There's some things here to keep in mind. The submarine itself is obsolete. The submarine itself is simply a modified uh, Gulf-class submarine. It's a, basically a Type 21 U-boat from World War II. But it does have atomic torpedoes aboard, and it does have nuclear missiles on board ballistic missiles. And presumably, there are codes and other material that might be of interest to the United States. But the question is still laying over all this, Bill. Why is she here? Even if she's in the spot where we say she is, it doesn't make sense. But if she's in the spot where inside sources have said she was and i've talked personally to one of those sources it makes even less sense because the the unofficial story is that she is a mere 450 miles from oahu from a pearl harbor which is well within the range of the three missiles that she's carrying Oh, my. We'll have to dig into it as we continue on Bill McLive. And there's a tie into Richard Nixon as well. All of that ahead. Dave does history on Bill McLive on this Tuesday morning on WMMB. The time is 820. That is a story well told, my friend. Oh, we're just we're just starting. I know we are. <laughs> that's pretty cool. We're just starting. I've talked to a guy that says that he won't say it, but he was there. And uh-huh. he will tell he'll look you in the eye and tell you that he has put his hands on the wreck of the K one twenty nine. That he actually got there? That he actually touched it. Not there. Because remember, there's gonna be more to this story and Nixon has this crazy idea later on. And they actually okay. they actually raised the wreck from fifteen thousand feet down. 
that had to be a technological well, uh, miracle at the time. You ever seen the Glomar Explorer, the Howard Hughes ship? This is no. what it was built for. It, uh, ostensibly, it was built to mine the ocean floor. What it was built for was mm-hmm. to raise the K-129. Oh, that's very cool. Which the cover story says they only got about 60 feet of it. But this guy can look at it and say, we got the whole thing. And we took it to, Man. We took it to California, and that's where it's buried. Now, when they, when they got the whole thing, they able to float it? No, no, she's in. She's shattered. So they 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 used took these, it in pieces. No, they use this giant hook clamp. They they use these like it, they call it the Clementine. It's basically like a well, you can't see me. I'm doing hand gestures. Um, yeah. it's like it's like one of those hair clip things that with the yeah. Uh, so they lowered that down. It's big. I mean, it's the length of the submarine. Right. Scooped it up underneath there, and then just raised it up. And they towed it underwater, all that? No, they raised it all the way up to the Glomar Explorer, put it in the moon bay of the Explorer, closed the bottom of the moon bay, and then sailed back to Hawaii with it. Oh, so, okay. So that's a huge, huge ship that was there going after. How do they cover that activity? I mean, how does... Well, again... Nobody know what's going on. She's not where she's supposed to be, which is part of the problem. And the cover story was that they were mining magnesium modules off the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, okay. That's and pretty cool. The official story, like I said, is we got 60 feet of it, and there is actual film that has been released. You can look this up. It's It's been released that we, quote, recovered six bodies, unquote. And there is actually CIA film of us giving those six bodies a burial at sea. Okay. So, so huh. we acknowledge huh. that we did this. We just don't tell the whole story. Of course not. Why would we? No. <laughs> and the problem with the raising of the submarine is it was unnecessary. We already had everything we needed. 15,000 pictures. So did we do it just because we could? We did it because Nixon was paranoid. And he thought the Soviets were going to go back on their detente and, and claim that we were lying to him. And so he wanted to prove it. And the pictures apparently weren't proof enough. So he was going to prove it to them. Yeah, so he wanted the submarine, and of course, it didn't get raised until after he was out of office, and the story right. broke. Uh, the New York Times broke the story after, after Watergate, after his resignation, because somebody broke into the Howard Hughes's offices and may have obtained the documents about the Glomar Explorer. They don't know. Oh wow! To this day, they don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. That's very. But cool why stuff. was she there, Bill? That's the question. Well, where was she actually? That close to what? Four hundred miles to Honolulu. Four hundred seventy miles northwest of west northwest of Honolulu, just off of French frigate Shoals, which is halfway between Hawaii and Midway Island. Okay. And it's actually a pretty. Uh, it's a well-known spot because during World War II, uh, we used it, the, the 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 Japanese used it as a seaplane base to spy on Pearl Harbor. And we used it okay. as a seaplane base to guard them from spying on Pearl Harbor. Okay. Which is part of what helped win the Battle of Midway. Um, but the thing about where she is is she's on an exact latitude and longitude. Precise. And the reason for that is that the Gulf 1 submarine 
when it surfaced to launch its missiles, its accuracy wasn't very good. So they had to be exactly on a spot. They had to be precise in their navigation. Now, okay. this submarine is a Gulf II submarine. It doesn't have to do that and can launch underwater. So now why is she on the surface at an exact spot this close to Pearl Harbor? And the Russians don't know it, obviously. That's... You've read Red... Rogue Oscar. Commander wanting to start something? Red Storm... Red Star Rogue. We have a rogue submarine that has gone off crazy. But it's it's not even actually rogue. It's co-opted by the KGB. At least that's the theory. Mm-hmm. The KGB... Oh, remember that Russia... And, right. No, sorry. Yeah, we're we're 20 seconds away. Hang on. Drive for an extra 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out any time right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code DRIVE for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code DRIVE. The time is 8.26. (laughs) Dave Does History, our weekly journey through the Wayback Machine. Dave Bowman is with us on Bill Mick Live. The McPherson Financial Group bringing you this hour of Dave Does History on Bill Mick Live. So, Dave, we've got, I mean, this sounds like the hunt for Red October almost, right? It, 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 what a story. There's a line in the movie... There's a line in the movie, Hunt for Red October. We've got a madman on our hands. Well, keep in mind that the K-129 is not where she's supposed to be. She's not where the Russians think she is. And it's very probable that she's not even where the United States says she was. But Nixon, now he has these 15,000 high-definition pictures, including, by the way, we are told, I've not seen the pictures, but I've talked to somebody who has, We are told that there are pictures of Soviet sailors' bodies in this. And that it's obvious from these photographs that the submarine was on the surface when whatever happened happened and caused the submarine to sink. You with me here? I am. Now, keep in mind that in the global context of what's going on right now, Russia and China are fighting an undeclared war. Okay? And as a part of that split between these two communist countries, which Nixon is trying to drive a wedge between, he, he's, as we talked about last week, he's really trying to split Russia and China apart. And by being seen to be at least friendly with both countries, or at least friendlier with both countries, he thinks that this will contribute to that, to that split. He calls this process detente. A chilling of relationships between the two countries. But now he's got this submarine as he just comes into office in in 1969. He has this submarine, this Russian submarine, that might be 400 miles away from Pearl Harbor. Now, why does that matter? Each of those two locations indicates something different. If the submarine is 1,500 miles away from Pearl Harbor, It means that they had an accident. Something bad happened. The submarine was not able to recover. 
But if they're 400 miles away, a place where they're not supposed to be, it indicates something different, doesn't it? And we can extrapolate from the data, from the photographs, that she was on the surface intending to launch her missiles. Now, what target is within her range of her missiles, where she is, just off of French Frigate Shoals, northwest of Oahu? What's the closest American target? That'll be Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Now, when you say they're not supposed to be there, it's international waters, right? So, not supposed to be there by whose rules and what? There is a, a tacit understanding between most of the ballistic missile submarine nations that you keep your ballistic missile submarines a minimum of 500 miles away from targets. Now, the reason for this is, is technical, and I don't, want to get, I don't want to get bogged down in this, but the reason for it is what is known as a depressed trajectory shot. This is where the missile comes out of the water and goes almost horizontal, more like a cruise missile than a ballistic missile. It's okay. a very technically challenging thing to do. It's very difficult to do. But the advantage is you only have about five minutes of flight time instead of the nominal 30 minutes of flight time, which means also that because it doesn't go up high in the air, it doesn't get detected. And so theoretically, you could move up really close to your opponent, fire all your missiles in a, in a depressed trajectory, and hit them before they even knew you launched. And so, so it's a first strike weapon. Bingo. So we have this okay. tacit agreement to keep them 500 miles away, which, which raises the eternal question, Bill. Let's say we find a Soviet ballistic missile submarine inside that 500-mile theoretical limit. What do we do? Do we tell them? Defend ourselves. Do we? Or do we just let them not know that we know that they're there? Or do we tell them that we know that they're there? You see the problem? The tactical problem? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so this is why this ship is here, at least in principle. Now, in 1972, years later, four years later, as a matter of fact, Dick Nixon is going to China, as we, we talked about last week. And as a part of that trip, as I said last week, it was possible at that time to disappear for a few hours, if not a day. And it is known that Dick Nixon flew to Hawaii on his way to China and that he seemingly disappeared for a day. Now, the official story is that he was just resting. But there are those who are in the know who will tell you that he went instead to Midway Island. And it was there that this story really starts to get a little wackadoodle. We'll talk to you about that in 60 seconds. The McPherson Financial Group bringing you this hour of Bill Mick Live. You know, talk about tactical decisions. Mine, financially, are not in my hands, thank God, because that's not my forte. It is the forte of the McPherson Financial Group, as Art and his staff work to help me and you make sure that your retirement is what you need it to be when you need it to be there. Retirement's more than just an age when you say, I'm done working. you got to be financially ready to do it. It takes people who know what they're doing to be able to make that happen. Understanding the markets, understanding the tools that are available.
to help you um, pay as little taxes as possible, get the most benefit out of your retirement investing and, and the plan that you've got in play. The McPherson Financial Group, with that knowledge and understanding, helps my retirement plan do the best that it can. That's what the goal is. Give the McPherson Financial Group a call. It's 321-253-2016 or see them online at mcphersonfinancialgroup.com. They can give you the same kind of help they're giving me. The McPherson Financial Group LLC is a financial services firm. They offer a broad array of products and services that include insurance and annuities. They're licensed in Florida. They do compensate me for the endorsement, but yeah, they do handle my financial planning. Thanks to them for bringing you the hour. Dave Bowman with us as we uh, dig into this Russian sub and Nixon's trip to China, which apparently, Dave, is a little more than we might have thought. Well, keep in mind that he is trying to achieve detente. He's trying to achieve a cooling off of relationships with Russia and opening up China and at the same time split them apart, right? Mm -hmm. Here is a gift. This submarine is a gift, 15,000 high-definition pictures that he has access to and that indicate that this submarine was not under the appropriate controls of the Soviet Navy. In other words, it had it was not where it was supposed to be. Either way, it was not where it was supposed to be. But that implies that there's a loss of control. And when you have a loss of control when you're dealing with nuclear weapons, you've got a problem. And the Soviets, oh, yeah. the Soviets their nuclear policy in that era was different than ours. The submarine itself is under the control of the Navy, but the weapons themselves, the nuclear weapons, are under the authority of the KGB, which has a representative on the ship, and it takes his authority to launch those weapons. So you have this wow. dual command structure that creates a lot of stress, a lot of difficulties, and a lot of openings for things to get lost. And it's that weakness that Nixon looks at these 15,000 pictures. And, of course, you know, not Nixon himself, but the naval intelligence people are going, yeah, this is not where it's supposed to be. Where it actually is is indicative, uh, indicative sorry, of something that shouldn't be happening. And what ultimately happens to it when she explodes and sinks indicates that the KGB may have tried to bypass certain restrictions on how you launch a missile that they may not have known about because they weren't the Navy. They were only in charge of the weapon, not the missile. And that may have led to the loss of the K-129. And we'll dig into it in just moments as we continue. Dave does history on Bill McLodge. Stay with us. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. I love this story. Now, the kicker in all this is the Soviets and the Chinese had been allies, right? Mm -hmm. And the Soviets had sold the Chinese a bunch of Gulf One-class submarines, which needed to be in a precise location and on the surface to launch. Mm -hmm. But this submarine is a Gulf Two. It doesn't need that. So why is it on the surface? And why is it where it's supposed to be? at the height of the Sino-Chinese War, or yeah, Russian-Chinese War, Chinese, Sino-Russian War. 
at a time when the Russians are trying to convince the Americans that the Chinese are the real threat, not us. They try to draw us in against China? And the KGB and the Navy didn't communicate on it, and it caused them to blow their own ship up. The Navy didn't know anything about this. We know for a fact from her manifest that, this, that the K-129 sailed with 12 extra crew people on a, on a Gulf-class submarine. That'd be like packing 20 people into your studio. You just you don't uh. need them. And, and so the presumption is that the KGB leader, a guy by the name of Yuri Andropov, wanted to push us away from the the Chinese and put a commando team aboard to take over the ship, take it where it wasn't supposed to be, and to surface and launch on Pearl Harbor with missiles that were probably closely related to the ones that they gave the Chinese so that the, so that the telltale uh, fallout would be Chinese, right? But what they didn't know was that was that Ike had given the Russian Navy one point safe systems so that you can't launch a missile without the captain of the ship's permission. And the KGB didn't know that. And so when they tried to Ooh. launch the missile, it detonated, sank the ship. Holy crap. That is so cool to hear. And how close were we as kids to being in a nuclear war? Well... <laughs> This is one story, Bill. <laughs> there were a lot. Yeah, I know. There were a lot. Man, things we didn't know. It's a good thing we did. Nixon has these photographs, and he goes to meet with ostensibly Soviet leadership at Midway. The rumor is that it was Brezhnev. Who knows? It may have been the, can't think of the guy's name now, Zabrinsky, Z- whoever the, Lavrov, Molotov, whoever the Secretary of State was for them. And basically said, your submarine was 400 miles away from Pearl Harbor trying to launch a missile. Your KGB is out of control. You need to get control of your KGB. And it is a fact that within a year, the KGB lost control of the nuclear weapons. Oh, wow. Good. And then he went on to China and got detente with them and everybody was happy. Man, that's a cool story. It's cool until the 73 or so when Nixon gets paranoid. He thinks that the Russians are going to say he's lying after after this meeting. He thinks they're going to say he's lying. And so that's when they decide to raise the ship, which isn't necessary. I mean, it's, you know, it's just it's just not. There's no intelligence value to raising it at all. And the whole idea here is he's going to he's going to present this to the world to say, look what the Russians tried to do to us. And, and oh, by the way, China, look what the Russians tried to do to you, because we would have nuked you, not the Chinese, or the Russians. So, so this is what he's trying to do. And of course, Watergate blasts all that away. Then the New York Times releases its story. Everybody keeps, everybody in the federal government, our government, keeps denying it. Nope, never happened. Don't know what you're talking about. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. And then in 1991, with the fall of the Soviet Union... One of our naval attaches goes over there for a big meeting. And this is actually on camera. You can watch this happen. Okay? We present them as a token of our esteem and willingness to work together from here on out. We give them the ship's bell from the K-129. 
which by oh, the way, my. which is why, by the way, is located inside the inside the ship. We give yeah. it to them, and you can see the Russian admiral go, "What the?" Oh my goodness! And everybody just kind of goes, so oh, cool. oh, "Don't talk about it! Don't talk about it! Don't talk about it!" <laughs> We're fifteen seconds out. Hang on, Toro. Count on it. Visit Toro.com slash zero turn to find yours. From the 92.7 FM, WMMB, Anajar Levine, Accident Attorney Studios. Have you been in an accident? Call Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys at 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. <laughs> Catch Bill's Mick Nugget Daily at 5.30 during Sean Hannity on WMMB. The McPherson Financial Group's this hour sponsor of the program. Dave does history and it's international intrigue at its best. And we knew nothing about it, Dave, and, and I'm kind of thankful we didn't. Can you imagine how fearful the country would have been if they'd known all of this stuff was going on? Bill, do you remember how fearful the country was and we didn't know all this was going on? Well, come on. I was 13 years old in 72. I was focused on basketball and swimming. But in the back of our minds, there was always that. Yeah, it was Vietnam and am I going? Yeah, absolutely. So when we left you, Nixon had uh, had disappeared. John Pena Craven, who was the guy that was in charge of what we call SSP, which is a fancy term, but essentially what it is, is it's the United States Navy's secret of secrets. I mean, holy of holies secrets projects. He was in charge of that for many years. And he is the one that suggests in his book that Nixon, and I'm doing the air quote thing, suggests that Nixon went to Midway to meet with the Russians. And shortly after that meeting, at which we presume then, Nixon says, hey, here's pictures of your submarine where it's not supposed to be. Moreover, we know that this is a Gulf II class submarine that's acting like a Gulf I class submarine. It's at a precise location. It's on the surface, which are things that the Gulf II does not need to do. Why would it act that way? Because you are trying to trick us into believing that this was a Chinese Gulf I submarine And we believe that you were trying to launch a sneak attack on Pearl Harbor that would be obviously from a Chinese submarine, quote-unquote obviously, and cause us to attack China, which you're at war with. And we don't like that. We think that, uh, you know, you have a problem. Now, the Russians presumably would have denied this. And we know from the manifest that the K-129 sailed with extra crew. And so the supposition is that this extra crew was KGB agents who took over the ship, sailed it to where it wasn't supposed to be on a special mission to try to make it look like a Chinese Gulf submarine attacked the United States at the height of the Sino-Soviet War and get the United States to take out China for the Russians. Seem crazy to anybody? It seems intriguing and uh, an interesting ploy. And yet, we know that the submarine was there. We know that it sank because later on, 
in a completely unrelated incident, we would actually raise the wreck of the K-129 from 15,000 feet underwater. The Hughes Glomar Explorer was built to do this. She would be raised. There is actually film, CIA film, you can find it, of the United States giving a burial at sea to the Soviet submarines that it found, submariners that it found on the wreck of the ship. And we buried them with their anthem and their flag at sea and everything else. And there was an incident in 1991 where at a meeting between naval officials uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union, uh, we presented them with the ship's bell from the K-129 and said, uh, in the spirit of detente and in friendliness, here's the bell from the ship that, you know, you didn't know what happened to, but we did. And just to show you, we have it. Yes. Yeah. We uh-huh. know what happened. Now, as I said, in that era, the KGB had control of the weapons. They did not have control of the ship, theoretically, but may have put a strike team aboard to to cause this to happen. It is a known fact that within a year after that supposed meeting between Nixon and some Soviet representative, that that was no no longer the Soviet operational system. And, of course, all this comes back to what happened that night which was they were attempting to launch a missile to make it look like China was attacking the United States, but the KGB was not aware that the Eisenhower administration had shared with the Soviets something called the one-point safe system, which I'm not going to discuss beyond its existence, but essentially it, it prevents an unauthorized launch of a nuclear weapon. And the KGB either didn't know about it or didn't try to, didn't try to engage that system which when they tried to launch the missile off the K-129 detonated and sank the ship, as it was designed to do. We don't really know what happened on that night, March 7th, 8th, and at the end of the day, Bill, we're never going to know. This is the, this is the most important thing to know about this story. We're never going to know the full story. But we do know that... In yeah, 18- you're a submariner, though. You've got insights here based on your own experience and and the crowd of folks that you run with and the folks you talk to who share that experience, are you seeing this as, if not the most likely, a likely scenario of what occurred? I have interviewed people who uh, were there, and by were there, I'm not going to tell you where they're. At some point in this, uh, in this story, from the time the submarine left Kamchatka to the day it was raised, uh, I've talked to people who were there. I don't know if I buy the strike team, the KGB strike team, but I do think that the most likely scenario is that she's 400 miles from French Frigate Shoals, or from Pearl Harbor, sorry. There is a lot of evidence that we don't have time to get into, a lot of indicators of things that we don't have time to get into. But with mm-hmm. the biggest indicator is that detente was achieved with the Soviets shortly after this meeting, at the same time that normalized relations with China happened. And it was very, it's very obvious in the, in the global sense that Nixon had, had something on each of them. And he was using it. He, told, he probably told the Chinese, this is what the Russians tried to do to you. You should be friends with us. And he probably told the Russians, we know what you tried to do. And we're going sh- to tell the world if you don't play ball. And either way, Richard Nixon achieved his detente by using probably the wreck of the K-129.
Isn't that something? We'll talk at some more. Your calls at 321-768-1240. When we pick it up in one minute with Dave Does History on Bill McLive. Dave Does History on Bill McLive. Dave, that's an amazing story. And the most plausible explanation, uh, I'll go with your judgment. You've been around it. You know what's going on there, right? Well, I mean, I wasn't there there, but... Right. I, I, You know, look, there's... There are times when you have to look at the preponderance of the evidence, and this is one of those cases. There are dozens of books out there about this, by the way, that you can read. I've linked up one on the bibliography today, uh, which was a, an author by the name of Ken Sewell, who was a guy I've actually interviewed and talked to on numerous occasions. The, the bottom line is there was a time in this world, Bill, when people seemed to not think a whole— Remember, remember we talked last week about— the Soviets were upset with with Mao's his nonchalance about nuclear weapons, and they were going to use mm-hmm. that if this story is true. They were going to use that to attack us. And like you said, I don't think we realize how close we came on numerous occasions. Of course, I was in the Navy during uh, in 1983 with Abel Archer and that kind of stuff. And and we've just scratched the surface of this. I don't have time to get into all the de- technical details of things, but. The, the idea here that Rich Dick Nixon was able to see this and see it for what it was, you know, obviously with advisors, and see the the political opportunity to divide China and Russia and make them play ball with us is genius. But, of course, it doesn't go into the history books because of what subsequently would happen with with, with Richard Nixon. So, like you said, sometimes he doesn't get the credit for the things that he did do. That may have more saved insightful the world. than he would get credit for, and and more astute at making those maneuvers on the global chessboard. It's phenomenal, right? And and of course, that's not even the end of the story. The end of the story is when when we go out and raise the K one twenty nine, which we didn't need to do, but Nixon was paranoid and he thought the Russians were gonna were gonna double cross him on the deal, and so he wanted to actually be able to show it to the world, not just because pi- pictures. You can't really show exactly where the picture's taken, especially if it's 15,000 feet on the bottom of the ocean. But you mm-hmm. display a Soviet ballistic missile submarine you know, on the pier in San Francisco saying, look what we have, um, it has a bit more impact on things. So, But that didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, no well doubt. Either. So that didn't work out well either. Let's get a quick call in. We go to line one. You're on Bill Mick Live with Dave Bowman. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Mario, what are you thinking here, buddy? This is one of the most, inter- among the very few super interesting things I have ever heard in my entire 74 years of life. This is awesome. I just want to know, give me a book. Give me a book. I need to pick up a book on this. I need, I need some information. Maybe it may be something on the Internet, a name. Please. All right. You ready? You got a pencil? Okay. I do. All right. The name is Kenneth, K-E-N-N-E-T-H. Sewell, S-E-W-E-L-L, and his book is entitled Red Star Rogue. There are other books available about it. Ed Offley has a book about it. Uh, there, and, and this is believed to be, the Russians to this day will tell you that they believe we sank K-129. And Ed Offley will tell you that that's why the Russians sank the Scorpion, was in retaliation. Th- this story is incredible. But the most likely story, the most likely scenario 
the one I tend to lean into is, is Ken's. The book is Red Star Rogue. It was written in 2006. And Ken, by the way, is on Facebook if you want to follow him. He doesn't talk much, but. How interesting. It sounds like, the whole thing sounds like something written by Tom Clancy, Dave. Well, one of the things that John Craven said in his book, The Silent War, was when he read The Hunt for Red October, he panicked because his first thought was somebody told Tom Clancy the story of the K-129, and we've got a leak, and we need to find that leak. That's what he wrote in his book. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, is it possible that Tom Clancy had an inside source that gave him a story? That Clancy, he... with everything that he wrote, was very connected to oh, various places yes. in and around D.C., right? Oh, my God, yes. There are things in the book, uh, Hunt for Red October, that we can't talk about because I can't confirm or deny that that's how things work. I mean, it's their stuff. But on the Hunt for Red October, Dave, they did this, right? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I mean, there are descriptions of things in there that are shockingly uncomfortable for those of us that, that used to work in that line of work. But it's fiction, Bill. It's fiction. Of course it is. And and I suppose you're going to tell me Star Trek and the Enterprise are fiction next. Dave Bowman, what a great Dave Does History today. Thank you, my friend. I'll look forward to more next week.